Welcome back to another edition of the Iron Sights Podcast. Today, I have Ryan and Cece in the studio with me, and we're talking rotation. We're going to talk about how to get more rotation into your workouts, the reasons why you should be doing it, what to look out for, some workarounds, and uh, some specific exercises uh, to, to help you get down the road here. If you like to do stuff outside the gym, snowboarding, jujitsu, surfing, just playing with the kids in the park on the weekends, whatever else, rotation happens in everything that you do there. If you're not training it, then you're missing out. Speaking of missing out, I don't want you to miss out on anything that uh, Red Dot Fitness has going on. If you didn't already know, Red Dot Fitness sponsors all of our Insights podcasts. Here at Red Dot Fitness, we pride ourselves on being able to provide programming to just about anybody that walks through the door, irrespective of where you might be on the planet. Maybe you get involved in our online membership. Maybe you take advantage of our self-guided programs, or maybe you want to work with a personal trainer online virtually. You can do all that stuff by going to rdftrainonline.com. Speaking of the online membership, if you go to rdftrainonline.com, you'll see the online membership option. In the online membership, you'll get access to six different workout programs. All kinds of cool stuff there. If you'd like to see a little bit more about those programs, you can download a free week pass. That'll give you access to the app, all the programs, and to us. There is a messaging function in there. You can directly message us with any questions that you might have about what you see. But go check it out. Again, that's rdftrainonline.com. Check out the online membership option. Download that free week and get 20% off your membership. Welcome to Iron Sights. This podcast candidly seeks to create opportunities and deliver impact by sharing the experiences and wisdom of successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders who unapologetically aim to win in health, fitness, business, and life. I'm your host, Scott Howell. Welcome to Old School Meets New School. Tradition meets innovation and imperfection meets excellence. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Opinion question. What are the two most underutilized movement patterns in most workout programs? For, I'll just leave it at that. Rotation and lateral. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was going to say lateral. Oh, yeah. I lateral, wasn't going to say rotation because I mean inter- I knew that was going to be the topic uh, okay. today. It's a load. It's a load <laughs> of pressure, right? I, I, we say that all the time yeah. because when you look at these, when you look at a lot of programming, it's the both lateral movement and rotation is absent. Yeah, and I think if you ask a lot of people, like, okay, well, where does that fit into how I look in the mirror naked? Mm-hmm. Right? Does that does that make a lot of make make a lot of sense? It, maybe not, but it could. You know. Uh, I think if you talk to most bodybuilders, though, they do not move laterally. Most lateral movement they do is going to be like a lateral, you know, dumbbell raise for their delts. <laughs> right? oh, yeah, that's lateral movement. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're calling lateral movement. Oh but my God. That's bodybuilding. But if you look at, you know, any athletic performance, there's both rotation and lateral movement involved in in pretty much any type of endeavor there. So that's a, it's a, they're important components. Uh, I think they're also, they can be fun to train. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there's a lot of utility in those for a lot of different reasons, uh, depending on, you know, if you're, if your goal is just to be, uh, just perform better in general, uh, be a more like sort of resilient, strong, powerful uh, athlete. Uh, like, I just mean like human. Yes. And, you know, they, there's that philosophy that every human is an athlete. <laughs> I don't think mm. I could buy into that. Yeah, I don't know. I've but, seen some pretty poor like but, but every but but they'll say like there's an athlete in all morons, of yeah. Morons, yeah. there's an athlete in all of us somewhere rotation lateral movement but I let's let's talk about the rotation piece I saw some stuff come up uh 
the other day, there's some interesting characters. I don't want to, I don't drop names that are very much about this rotational component. You'll see people talking about this term coiling, Mm -hmm. uh, which we can kind of address. And what, what does that mean? Uh, I've seen, there was a guy that I follow pretty regularly, posts all his workouts about my age. He's in phenomenal condition and he does a lot of kettlebell work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in kettlebell work, we're, we're working rotation and rotation quite a bit, but he was, he was demoing a, uh, a bent press. It was a clean to a bent press. Okay. It's like an old strongman type lift, which I, th- I was reminded of that one. I haven't done that one in forever because I have very limited uh, rotation in hip flexion when okay. I move to my right. Okay. Very limited. Like it's scary limited. And if anybody has seen those x-rays I posted on my, my, my back, uh, you can see real quickly why I'm probably limited there. It's a dumpster fire there. Yeah. But what a great movement. I, I don't want to get too far down that path, but I was like, we got to talk about rotation because um, I don't, aside from that, I don't see those two things. Coiling, which I see talked about a little bit. It's kind of fallen off. But uh, uh, sorry, that, that bent press that I saw, with all the exercises, all the movements, all the cool shit we see out there, I never see anybody like really demoing that um, that's super popular. Now, I do have coach friends that do post stuff about rotation, but like the, I don't know, the fancy, you know, clean and jerk or the muscle up will get a thousand likes, right? And engagement with, you know, high fives and clapping hands and all that stuff. But the very basic but utilitarian rotational movement that the coach is trying to demonstrate and the reasons why they do what maybe seemingly looks like a very not very strenuous, sorry, exercise or whatever, uh, gets three likes, right? It's, it's, it's wild to me. So I want to talk about rotation today. I, we might bore people with this. But I don't care. I think they should know. Yeah. I mean, it's wild to me that people don't train rotation, but you literally rotate all day. Every mm-hmm. movement involves some degree of rotation, some ability to. So yeah, you know, the person who never trains rotation and then you quickly try to, you know, I don't know, grab something from the back of your car and you try to rotate. No wonder your back locks up doing that if you have no capacity to rotate. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. you were talking about uh, like on the last podcast uh, we did together, I think we just dropped it this week, uh, about not being able to get out of the position mm-hmm. that you're stuck in all day long. Like yes. that seated position or, you know, whatever it is, maybe you're working on an assembly line, you have some weird posture that you're having to maintain throughout the day, but not being able to get out of position, like not being able to get into rotation uh, for folks. And I just mentioned... Like I have some skeletal limitation now, uh, as well as musc- muscular limitation, but very skeletal uh, limitations that uh, that that prevent me from getting into a certain degree of that. That's why the rotation movements and exercise are so important for me, um, as opposed to like stabilization exercises where I'm putting the body in lockdown, which we can kind of talk about because there's there's two pieces to this. Well, and I think that's important to touch on that so many people, and this can, this is a wider topic of uh, pain, injury, movement, all that kind of um, that intention. This kind of applies to that overhead shoulder um, podcast we were just talking about as well of that, oh, I'm not good at this thing. <clears throat> I get just some discomfort in this thing. So most people's uh, tactic is avoid that thing Epstein. versus hey, I know if I avoid that, uh, the smart person thinks, I know if I avoid that, I'm only going to get worse at that, right? So I'm. you may not be able to do a bet press symmetrically on both sides, just with what, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, th- the the pathologies that you have, but 
you still need to include some degree of rotation because again, you need to have that capacity and just be a functional human, let alone an athlete. Yeah, so. agreed, agreed 100%. I th- and I think that's why one of the reasons it's overlooked is that you you can't visibly see your rotators, if you will, or your anti-rotators <laughs> in the mirror. People don't look at that. Like, you know, again, it's biceps, it's shoulders, mm-hmm. it's abs. Well, we do squat. anti-rotation all the time, it, like it, if we're squatting and we're deadlifting. Well, I mean, that might not be the intention. It is a secondary kind of stabilizing factor that's happening when you are doing those movement patterns. Yeah, I think it's important, actually. Let's back up for a second, just kind of define what type of rotation we're talking mm-hmm. about. And I think what we're talking about is rotation that happens in the trunk, mm-hmm. which could be defined as everything from the hips to the head. Yeah. Right? So as, you, as you're working all the way up to the neck, let's say. Yes. Uh, maybe we we're moving, maybe we stop at the neck, but the head rotates mm-hmm. on the axis yes. there. You are rotating through the hips. There is a small degree of rotation that happens at the lumbar spine as you move up from the sacrum and start moving up through uh, to, you know, up, up, up closer to the thoracic spine. You start to get a little bit more th- uh, rotation as you start to move up through the thoracic spine. Uh, help me out here. Where does the most degree of rotation happen with the, in the thoracic spine? T18. It's T18. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's so vital to release that junction for any rotational athlete. Yeah. So we're starting to move up. And then obviously, as we get into the cervical spine, there's a ton of mobility mm-hmm. as we get up there and above the shoulders. Uh, so as you move from the hips out, rotation begins to increase. I mean, one of the things I think people can really wrap their head around is they is they think about like, where does this happen in sport? It happens everywhere. Think of any club or racket sport or overhead sport. There is going to be some degree of rotation. Golfers, right? That golf swing is is a power movement. Through rotation. Well, swimming as well. Swimming. Well, right? I mean, yeah, people may roll their eyes at this. Running, is it, there's yeah. rotation around the, if you want to stay balanced and running, like around the pelvis and and, and and there's like this coiling, or not coiling, but there's this counter like rotation in the trunk and the hips that they need to disassociate. In, in walking even, there's rotation. Yeah. It, it, so again, it's not something that's often trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are usually, they look a little bit more static in the gym, in the weight room, if you will. But as soon as you take any of that stuff to the court, the field, the mat, the pool, you know, wherever else that rotation shows up. And so, you know, it's, if you're never training it, you're just expecting your body to be able to do it. And certainly like a squat is going to, could help you be you know, stronger through rotation. Like it, it can, like from a global perspective. So we start mm-hmm. to look at like what's happening globally in terms of movement versus stabilization versus what's happening very locally or very specifically at, at T8, T9 mm-hmm. and anywhere else in that particular chain. Those things are all super important. And we've said it before, we'll say it a million times. That is, uh, you know, you're only as good as your weakest link. And so if there are weak links in the chain, your body's going to have to find that rotation. If you're asking, if you're calling or demanding that your body gets into a certain degree of rotation, it's going to find it somewhere, Yes, right? It it will find it. And it might not actually be rotating to help you get into a further degree of rotation somewhere else. It might be more flexion. It might be more extension. Uh, And those are all very natural things for people to, to be dealing with. So it's not, not to say that everything has to be perfect, but how do you train, like, how do you train it? Uh, What are some of the things that we see? Like, how do you maybe, well, maybe we just start with like, how do you assess it kind of where Mm -hmm. you're at? What are some simple things that you can do as an individual? Um, What are the things that maybe we look at as coaches? What are some of the common things that show up? So how is a, anybody listening can go, Hey, how do I know if I'm good or not so good in certain areas? And, you know, how do I know if I'm getting better? And then what are some workarounds if you're not great? 
Um, or if you're maybe limited even on equipment to, to train this, this is a great part about rotation. Don't need, you don't need really hardly any equipment. Um, some equipment helps. Yeah. And then what are some solutions to becoming a better rotator uh, <laughs> or anti-rotator? Because I think if you talk rotation, you need to also be able to talk anti-rotation a little yes. bit, but we'll talk about that specifically. So just from like a, an assessment perspective. Yeah. Well, I, I think the first big three keys that I want to see someone's ability is can they isolate, can they disassociate, and can they integrate? That's those like the three big parts of rotation. And you need to have some degree of, of that. So sometimes, you know, I think the, the when people, when they're trying to apply this to their training or the coach is trying to apply this to their clients, um, trying to skip steps. I think that happens a lot. So Seeing before I get you into an, a full integrative, you know, a movement that looks like a racket swing where you're maybe a, a, a Dynamax or a med ball rotational toss where they're standing and they're getting hip movement. They're ideally, in, if this is porn, performed um, correctly, there is hip rotation continued into thoracic and, and, and whole trunk rotation. But a lot of times when people lack the mobility or the control or the awareness at awareness, certain degrees yeah. of this is they're either over-rotating at one component and they're not rotating at another. Or I see a lot where they move in this kind of awkward block and there's not this continuation of, of rotation. So I think it's when I'm doing an assessment on a client before I ever even begin to build that is I'm going to isolate that into its constituent parts. Can, can their hips rotate? And so there's movements for that. Can their thoracic spine rotate? Can they stabilize that rotation? And so I think that's the conversation of anti-rotation where that comes into play, that there is merit to training anti-rotation to build into rotation. It shouldn't stay and everything's anti-rotation, but it builds into rotation. So that's some of the keys I'm looking for initially. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Awesome sort of breakdown. I think people can relate to that. Okay. So what are you, how do you, how do you kind of assess those things? So like somebody comes in and then what do we typically see with, with, with uh, clients or new people sort of walking in and with regard to their ability or inability to kind of do this stuff. And I think part of it for me, it always starts with awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've mentioned it before. I mean, we're smack dab heart silicon of the Silicon Valley. Uh, we have, you know, folks that sit a lot, you know, they're, they're not active. Most of our clients are not, uh, I would say like active. They don't have an active, uh, job. Occupation. Yeah. Occupation it keeps them moving. Uh, maybe, maybe that's different for a lot of, a lot of folks. So they're, they, they just don't have a lot of awareness of what they are, aren't doing just kind of with their bodies period for the most part. Right. So when you start to ask them to rotate, like it feels initially for, for people really awkward. Right. And, and they're, again, they're looking to like, oh, I just need to get my shoulders from here around, but they don't know how to understand how to move everything underneath their shoulders to get their shoulders from here to here. Mm-hmm. Or to separate Right. right. Yes. Or as Ryan to, said, disassociate. Disassociate. Yeah. disassociate. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you use for an assessment kind of right off the bat or things that could, people could use to self-assess kind of where their, their rotation is or isn't and kind of to assess maybe where within that chain, you know, like from the bottom to the top where they may be limited or, you know, really strong or really weak. I often, even though the hips are very important, I often, especially with where we live, I look at thoracic rotation first. I will look at that like in some integration where I'm getting their full trunk rotating, but I like to isolate it. So one drill I like is I get you seated where your hips are flexed. So that limits um, movement at the hips. Um, Generally put something between your knees so that inhibits any, again, it locks down the pelvis so that we're isolating up to the thoracic spine. 
I'll put some implement, like I can see feedback, like a PVC at the chest or in the shoulders and I'll have them rotate to one side, the other side. And I can actually see, I'll look overhead and see the degrees of rotation. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like someone like you has a very big um, discrepancies from mm -hmm. one side to the other. Um, that's like a more detailed, you can also just do like a sideline getting in the like deep hip flexion knees to their chest, see their rotation on one side versus the other. Um, that's a quicker assessment that I'll do. Like the old iron cross movement where you lay down, you're on the floor, you're supine, you're on your back, mm -hmm. right? Yes. You bring your knees maybe up, you know, into that knee flex, hip flex position. If you, you know, so you're kind of a 90, 90 yeah. and then you're taking your knees all the way to one side, kind of letting them fall, but in a controlled way yes. and seeing what's happening with the shoulders, mm -hmm. right? Like does one shoulder lift off that opposite side shoulder to the side that you're taking your knees sort of lift up off the floor or yeah. whatnot. You could do that from leg straight as well, taking that one leg straight up in the air, taking it to the other side. Yeah, I like I also I like that. And I also like doing the opposite end where they're sideline yep. so that it's it takes it shortens that lever arm, the force. Cause a lot of people will cheat that rotation from their lumbar spine yep. when you get into like windshield wipers or that that prone or the supine, sorry. Um so I like even just a sideline, like an open the book, yep. but I use that as, as an assessment um, for mm -hmm. primarily. So yeah, it's not, that's not an exercise, but it's, so if you're same, same position, mm -hmm. get down on the floor, you start supine, right? Yeah. Knees flex, hip flex. So you're just sitting there, kind of looks like half dead bug, mm -hmm. right? Now stick your arm straight out in front of you, mm -hmm. right? You're, with your hands together. So you're pointing your fingertips at the ceiling, mm -hmm. right? So you're laying on your back. Now, just flop over to the side. Yes. So your knee, your uh, right knees yeah. and your right shoulder are on the floor, mm -hmm. right? So you're doing the same position with the, at the hips and the knees and at the hands and the arms. And then just take that upside or the top side hand and arm and try to go all the way up as a straight line towards the ceiling. Reach it all the way around to the back where you're trying to touch the floor uh, and, or touch your back to the floor yeah. and see how far you can go without opening up at the hips yeah, and in the, like your lower body having to move in order to get, get you there. Yeah. And I like, this is getting into the weeds a little more, but I even like, like, in a or like say like the chilling on the beach with the hands behind the head, because I think some people can compensate again. We're looking for compensations. Mm -hmm. When you have the arm extended, a lot of people, the, the shoulder blade will not move. They'll actually not get rotation, but then they'll reach it's and try to touch their hand to the floor. Yeah, so, so I'm actually seeing at the wrist. Exactly. Yeah, like, okay. I, I'm touching the floor and I pass, you know, so that's, again, just nuance. Um, so those are some of my thoracic assessments that I'll do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. So that's anybody that's listening can do that. Mm -hmm. Like you can kind of go in and see like, hey, am I tighter on one side than the other? I guarantee you you're going to feel yes. a little bit. There are some people that are super mobile and maybe you need a little bit more of a, a to, to a degree, to degree, a little bit more of an assessment, a little bit more of an advanced assessment. But at that point, like how much rotation do you really need? Mm -hmm. And is, you know, when is enough enough or when does it reach the level of potentially too much? Mm -hmm. That is very individual. And yes. that is so, and we're not going to get into that today. Like, however, we have seen people that are uber mobile, right? And you're just like, what in the hell? Yes. Like Gumby, like Jello. Yeah. And in which case they may need more stability, mm -hmm. right? Versus opening up and getting into additional rotation. But I could also argue that part of the reason you may limit, you may be limited in rotations because you're actually limited in stability and it's your body's overcompensation to that. Yes. So again, without getting into the weeds. Well, and it, I mean, I think it's something, I think we were talking about this the other day was uh, the shoulders as well, but the body kind of works in this kind of alternating dynamic of mobility, sacrifice for stability, stability, sacri sacrifice for mobility. So like, for example, a lot of the lumbar spine for a lot of people is 
is mobile. It can move. It can swivel a lot, but there's a lot of lack of stability. Um, but when you get proper stability, whether it's learned in anti-rotation, but you have to apply that to the rotation, it creates a better rotation through the places that um, have more stability, but less mobility like the thoracic spine. So Yeah, it's, it's kind of a safety mechanism that the yes, body has yeah. in a sense, kind of looking at it. It's like, uh, you're not really stable here, so mm-hmm. we're not going to let you get super mobile. Yes. Right? But the more stability you create, sort of the, that safety mechanism or alert level starts to drop a little bit and it'll let you get a little bit further into that, which again, that could be, it, it could also work the opposite way. You don't have very much stability. Therefore you have a ton of flexibility. Yes. Not the same as mobility. No, not yep. the same. Right. Mobility being your bot, your, your ability to control and pull your body into that rotation versus your body passively getting mm-hmm. into that movement where you may need some more stability, more strength. So Again, without getting too far into the weeds with that for, for for general listener, rotation, important. Assess kind of where you are. That's a great way to do it. Yeah. Um, and for yourself, you know, if you're a coach, there's multiple ways to do it. But but as a as a you know, as a listener or just a you know, an exerciser or, or participant, get on the floor, give that a try and kind of see where it see where it is. Yeah. I think then from there. Um, I'm going to look at their hip rotation, um, specifically actually their hip internal rotation, um, which is generally lacking, but is more involved in most rotational movements on both sides. So um, two that I'll look for, you can actually get into a similar seated position um, as the first assessment I talked about. You can pin that block. You're getting in a, um, a good position with, you know, upright, keeping tension to whatever was seated night. Yeah. Hips. You want to be about flex at 90 degrees. You can just even see how much keeping the knee pinned, how much you can lift the foot to the side Mm -hmm. that tests some internal rotation. Um, or you can get in a standing position, um, get a little bit flex at the knees and hips, um, keep the one legs planted on the floor. And then the other, the other foot you're trying to, I think of like when baseball, I learned the squish the bug cue where you twist the foot out on one side and is really important for integration. And I want you to move kind of as a block, keeping the other side set. And you're testing really rotation on both hips when you do that. Um, so important part of this whole integration. Yeah, that's one of those ones you can actually get into, go to the Red Dot Fitness YouTube page and get into our mobility library that's there and go down into that. And that 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 movement is actually in there if you, if you go down through. There's not a million of the videos down there, but uh, you'll find that one as you go okay. down there. Just kind of kind of see that. There's some exercises, some some mo- some mobility stuff there. So some of these are at, can actually be turned into like an integrative type mobility, some mobility work. Um, and it may be where we spend quite a bit of time to kind of maybe do a warm up, get yes. things awake, assess for the day, mm-hmm. kind of where am I feeling from the other, you know, my workouts from the other day also can be used after as a means to maybe cool down a little bit, kind of downregulate, but also just work specifically, you know, that those those particular joints or areas of the body after I've been through more of an intense workout because they're very low cost, right? And low risk. You can do them when you're fatigued uh, and still get plenty out of it. So those are good ones as well. Uh, Yeah. So going through and kind of assessing those things through, through the trunk, Um, head and neck that gets a little bit more detailed and nuanced. I don't think that's a concern for most people. And to try to explain that here on the podcast would be, um, that's tough to do. Yeah. So not really going there. I think that the, the point there is, is like, Hey, now that you know, kind of where you're tight, you know, Oh, that left side, man, when I get into that, like my left side is super tight or whatever. Uh, now you kind of know, now you know what to take to the floor to maybe work through some rotation. Right. And, and, and maybe you can test maybe the next place to sort of test or assess 
would be like your strength through anti-rotation. Mm-hmm. What is your body able to do when you're calling on it to, to do things that are trying to pull you into rotation, but you have to resist that while also maintaining some other movement or static position. One of the one of the things that I that I like, and I think we talked about this the other day, Ryan, was one of the ones that can that'll really pop up for people is doing like a, a contralateral, so opposite arm, mm-hmm. opposite leg, like Romanian deadlift mm-hmm. with one side with that one side loaded with like a dumbbell or yeah. a kettlebell or something. Yes, ideally. That Romanian deadlift should look exactly or as symmetrical as using both arms, both legs at the same time, mm-hmm. right? As you go into there, there shouldn't be rotation or a large degree. Obviously, the more weighted I go, I might have to counterbalance more. Just physics in and of itself might mean I have to maybe rotate a lot of that a little bit more in order to stay balanced, but that's an advanced type of movement. Yeah. We're talking grab something that's manageable and move yourself into this opposite arm, opposite leg, single leg Romanian deadlift with, again, could be whatever you you decide, and try and maintain that neutral pelvis, neutral spine, neutral hip position, neutral ankle, foot, knee position, shoulder position, head and neck position as you go down through there. And if you're finding it tough because you're being pulled down on that unsupported side and you have to counterbalance and you're working really hard to come out of there, well, that's challenging your body's inability or your body's ability to anti-rotate, mm-hmm. not be pulled into rotation. That that's one. I, there's a lot of them, but that's one I like that kind of gets the whole body involved. Yeah. Well, and I think what you just said is you can kind of play with that. Um, you know, versus outside of the traditional like people, this is highly debated of a pow off press, which is right. everyone's favorite anti-rotation that, exercise, yeah. I love which has that. its place. But obviously, there's people who get married to it, and every actually, how can I make this a pal off press? And yep. you're gonna deadlift pal off press, anyways. But um, <laughs> just everything. But is you adding a, especially a contralateral load, so opposite side of the loaded leg in really any movement you can do. You know, a kettlebell front rack on one side, a row, a row a on one side, anything where you're having an asymmetric load, and generally. Um, a, a, you know, a way contralateral to the loaded side that really challenges your ability to work on your um, hip and core stability, but also your awareness of that too. So, right. It, it, I think at the end, like, how long do I do this for? Like, what, you know, is this what I should be focused on all the time? The reality is we just got done saying, like we started at the beginning saying, anything I'm trying to do athletically or in real life involves rotation. So it's not something I spend my life trying to do. I'm going to grab this cable from a half kneeling position or a standing position or whatever and do a row or a push and not rotate at all. Like that's not what I'm trying to teach my clients to do. Initially, we may start there to build awareness, to build neural drive and to build a little bit of strength, but more awareness on how to balance front to back, you know, and or excuse me, right to left, mm-hmm. uh, counterclockwise to clockwise rotation. Once they're aware of that, and once they can control that, now that's to your point. That is isolating it. Yes. Right now, we're going to integrate it. Yes. And I'm going to turn that push or that single arm, you know, a cable press into. I'm going to add rotation into that. Uh, Not a ton, you know, necessarily, but I could add different degrees of rotation, Mm -hmm. both forward and backwards, clockwise, counterclockwise, depending on what side I'm working on there, in order to build strength and integrity and awareness through 
this total body integration of rotation plus the pushing plus the the deceleration and bringing it back into the start position and all those things. So that's a long way to get to the to you want to train some rotation and that's one that maybe that's one way to do it. Uh, and I, I just think though, to say one more time, if you haven't implemented rotational training, or I see this a lot with coaches, newer coaches, when they know rotating is good, is I do think you need to have the ability to anti-rotate before you rotate. Because I see so many people, yes, we go back to the hypermobile person, right? Or the hyper or the hyper flexible person, even, I don't okay. want to say worse, but even more uh, challenging, I guess. Um, is that person, as soon as you get them rotating, if they have no ability to create tension and, and resist rotation, and then you're having them rotate, they may be visually getting from point A to point B, but where's that power coming from? What ligaments, what connective tissue are you straining? What muscles are you straining to get into that? And it's not actually um, under control owned, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's so- The intention. Exactly. Yeah. So I think there is merit to start an anti-rotation and have that ability with the mindset to be able to rotate, but don't skip that step, especially if you're new to this or as a coach, if you have a client who is new to this, right. make sure you're implementing that to some degree. Yeah, I think one of the things to think about here is like for those people who have been lifting for a long time, but just haven't been, you know, they're fit, mm -hmm. right? And they're, they're active. Yep. They just haven't been deliberately or intentionally putting rotation into their, into their workouts during the week. And this isn't something you need to, you need to train three times a week, no. right? If you put it in there once a week for something very specific, one strength base, one endurance base, one power base type movement, something like that, you're, you're, you're doing a great job. That's, you know, that, that makes sense. But I think, you know, like, well, what, there's a lot of things they're probably doing already, maybe unknowingly or unwittingly, or just, you know, they didn't realize they're adding this stuff in anyway. I mean, popular exercises out there, you know, that you see that going back to, it's like not necessarily a Dynamax throw, you know, yeah. ball throw or something like that, or a, you know, some type of a ball slam and a, a, a rotational ball slam or like huge wood chop or something like that. But they're doing this. One of those things that I see is, you know, again, working through, you know, isolating, uh, uh, the thoracic spine in, in movement is just a single arm row, mm -hmm. right? It could be like that bent over dumbbell row, but like that single arm rowing machine, mm -hmm. like a old hammer strength machine. Yeah. Everybody makes one where it's plate loaded on the front. You, you, you sit down in it where the pad's sitting on your chest, you reach way forward. You can do it two at a time or one at a time. And they're going through this rotation and they're adding in a little rotation as they're moving uh, their move, that elbow starts to cross the plane of the spine. And then as they reach out in front, that is a great place yes. to train a little rotational strength. Yes, there's some limitation there because you've got the pad and that's limited, limiting you there. Your hips are anchored, but that's okay. Yes. That's fine. You're at, you're teaching your body how to rotate through certain degrees of rotation. It's not total body integrated. Mm -hmm. So to, to be clear, but it is integrative into a movement where you can load the shit out of that row, still train your life. Lats, still train your your rhomboids, still train those delts and biceps as you're pulling that thing back and get those rotators involved. Yeah, and then you'll be working on the deceleration component yep. of the eccentric, which I think is really important. If you are going to be rotating, you need to know how to slow your body down. Yeah, so or absorb the absorb yes. the rotation. That, that's a yeah. huge. That's where yes. most people get hurt in rotation dynamically. Yes, right. Yes. Is the not being able to decelerate the movement, like the pitcher. The pitcher doesn't get hurt on the warm up, like the pitcher on the mound doesn't. Or sorry, in in the wind up, that's not that's not where he's getting hurt. He's getting he's getting hurt after that ball leaves his hand, 
and is moving into rotation where he has to he has to slow down the mm-hmm. momentum and the power that he's created during during that movement pad. That's where they're getting that's where they're getting hurt. Yeah. Right. Um, that's that it's the deceleration piece. It's not like the acceleration into, you know, that knee flexion or knee extension. It's the deceleration into knee flexion, mm-hmm. right? With rotation where somebody's getting hurt. That's where the ACL ends up blowing up, you know, that yeah. those kind of things. So Yeah, or the hip or the the low back somewhere of, the, in the chain. of the opposite side of yeah. or of the weight bearing leg because of that rotation or rotational counter effect, or I guess we call it um the serapi effect, right? Yep. So, uh, anyway. Yeah, no, no, you, you, the, the point, the point of this is, is people understanding like how it's already being integrated or how you've already integrated it maybe unknowingly into your workouts or now how to pay more attention to it without having to change your workouts. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to add extra exercises in, just add additional intention in maybe a little bit more range of motion in that row now, right? Both in the pole or sorry, in the extension and in the flexion to integrate the spine right? A little bit more. Um, and, and or the hips and or the shoulders, whatever you're doing. Other, other things, if you're training with kettlebells, what an awesome way to train rotation and anti-rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's a, that, that, uh, that, that implement makes you have to work at all different. It's one of the great things about the kettlebell. There's a lot of rotational force being applied in all the things that you typically do with the kettlebell because you have the axis of where that handle is on the kettlebell and what's going on with the bell itself being extended away from the axis of rotation. So you're having to accelerate and decelerate there, depending on the different movements that you're doing, swings, snatches, uh, cleans, those types of all kinds of stuff that you're doing with the kettlebell that encourages you to go through uh, and control some degree of rotation. I love kettlebells for training rotation. Yeah, especially when you do it single-sided. Like, that's where you're really going to get that. So, you do, you know, if you're doing a single-arm swing, you're going to get some degree of rotation in that even more. So, Yeah, uh, there's other more unconventional stuff. Like, you know, maybe you're doing some mace training. Maybe you're doing some Bulgarian bag training. We mentioned the med ball training. Uh, these are all things, like, if you're, if you're, if you're practicing jujitsu, dude, like do this stuff. Like these exercises will, will, can, and if done properly, certainly enhance what you have on the mat uh, from a strength perspective, from a control perspective, an endurance strength, mm-hmm. uh, power perspective. I mean, those that it certainly applies there. Um, uh, again, going back to the kettlebells in the bag, that also integrates the grip in an awesome mm-hmm. way too. So that's just a case for 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 those particular tools, tools. Yeah. yeah, they're they're unconventional, but damn, they're 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 super effective. I think when people think rotation, they, they, a lot of times they see like the old fashioned, or let's just say the more conventional type rotational movements, cable or tubing, wood chops, or uh, med ball, or even kettlebell type wood chop uh, wood chop type movements. They're great, right? And they're a great place to start to kind of learn how to do that with control. And obviously you can load those and even quote unquote overload those um, in a very controlled fashion. But ultimately like where I want my body to perform really well is in a dynamic, unstable environment uh, specific to rotation. Like I want it to be able to respond and react to snowboarding, to throwing sports, to when I'm out on the range, running, turning, having to, you know, move my body through space to square up to a target, moving around, running, turning, retro running, all those things where rotation is involved. I want my body to be really good at that. 
the level of strength I have there, right, in terms of like max strength or power for, you know, rotation, it's not uber important. It's not. Uh, it's my ability, my body's ability to control that. And thinking about this from like the, from the outside in or the inside out, we talk about the core, right? Again, that's a, we could, we could debate kind of what that actually means and what makes up the core. But when you think about it, we're talking about spine and pelvis, right? And where the root of your movement starts from and where the base of support really is for that. And it's going to be those things. That's where it all centers, right? Everything that's attached to that is important. Right. And so if I'm going through this, I'm doing something that's really dynamic, again, jujitsu, uh, snowboarding, you know, w- wakeboarding, whatever, skiing, whatever I'm doing, surfing, like that, that shit needs to be really, really in tune because it sends signals or anything that's happening there will impact anything outside as you move outside, outside that chain. So I think it's super important for people to sort of understand like, okay, what am I doing to be stronger from the inside out? Right from uh, from a strength, power, control, mobility, even flexibility perspective, and uh, training that rotation is super super important. So uh, again, if you have limitation, like so, let's talk about some of the workarounds and solutions uh, to to help you know uh, maybe improve this for yourself based on your assessment or based on what you kind of know about yourself now. Maybe you've got some skeletal, soft tissue things, muscular things that are that are that are limiting you. What are some things that you can do to kind of start? opening this up for yourself? Well, I mean, there's always going to be the component of isolated mobility work. So hip mobility work, thoracic mobility work. And I I think those, that stuff is important um, to do, to isolate, to focus on, but it doesn't end there. And I do, I do think that's just the beginning. It does need to be a piece, but a lot of why these movements are great is they start to work on that mobility in the movement if they're set up correctly. So um, I would say a majority of the time you start rotating if you haven't done it. And again, I, I love the piece of adding some rotation to rows, adding some rotation to small degrees to movements you're already doing and you're confident in. But if you're thinking I'm doing this movement for rotation, I love starting in either a kneeling or a half kneeling position so that you can work on thoracic mobility, control in the trunk. You're um, being able to focus on rotation from the trunk or the thoracic spine outside of movement at the hips. It's stable. It's safe. It's not as dynamic. That's a great place to start. And it'll also increase that mobility and capacity. Mm-hmm. So I would agree you know, I think, you know, there's some nuance there too, as far as like the kneeling or the half kneeling. Mm-hmm. I think the kneeling is going to be much more stable than the half kneeling. But the other thing, the nuance that I really like when you're trying to teach somebody the disassociation is, um, you know, sometimes when you're kneeling, you'll, they'll tuck their toes underneath them where I like to have them untuck their toes. So the top of their foot is laying flat on the ground. So they really have to incorporate their glutes and squeeze their glutes to get stability, to be able to then take their trunk, their upper trunk, through a rotational pattern, whether that's in the transverse plane or it's multi-planar, whether you're going from a low to a high or a high mm-hmm. to a low. So, um, yeah, I think that's a great one. Yeah. So what I heard you say there uh, is for people that may miss that is when you put somebody in this position, they're looking for stability and they're offering often looking uh, for stability. And this would make sense from the floor up, yep. right? So they're driving feet into the floor and they're feeling what's going on down there to create that stability, a push, you know, through those feet to, uh, uh, again, to create, anchor. to create tension and anchor. And when they do that, okay, they're, they're, they're concentrating on that there and they can see that if they're, they're working harder, like the feet move a little bit or the knee moves a little bit or whatever and sort of focusing on that. But what they've left out is everything between the feet, maybe the knee 
And that thoracic spine, which is where we're trying to create uh, tension, or ex- excuse me, the rotation from, and the big, the big piece of that in the middle is the pelvis. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing with glutes to your, 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 uh, to your point? What are we doing with adductors? You know, what are we doing with the, that deep pelvic floor, right? What are we doing with those abdominals? The core, everything I just said is the core, right? Basically, yeah. um, you, you could add it into the core change my mind, yep. right? It, it's all attached there. So it's, it's all part of it. And so you're, you're integrating all of those in-between pieces so that you can disassociate all the separate parts by at the same time, because it's kind of a contradiction, but you're also integrating them all at the same yes. time from a stability perspective. Yes. So stabilize first, then integrate, right? Uh, and you, you can do that through doing them in separate pieces like that. So yeah, that half kneeling, uh, position is a really great way to start. Well, and then I think, on, so that's isolating, that's disassociating, getting rotation from the thoracic spine and isolating movement at the hip tied to even a movement like you talked about earlier, uh, single leg RDL is you can start to add more rotation at the hip or the pelvis mm-hmm. and isolate rotation at the trunk. Yep. So uh, I love like a hip airplane, something like that. So that's where you can do this supported. You can do this. There's ways to provide stability. But with that, the femur or the the leg is generally stable and you're building rotation around that and the trunk is stable. So that teaches you how to create stability around the trunk while getting rotation around the hips. Um, So doing movements like that or even uh, an RDL or a kickstand RDL adding a some degree of rotation in that movement. Yeah, don't be Maybe, afraid of that. Exactly. Like where, again, the trunk can stay rigid, but instead of the, the kettlebell or the dumbbell going straight down, maybe it's coming slightly across the body. Maybe you're reaching on the loaded leg. Maybe you're reaching a little bit, getting into some awesome. inter-rotation at the hip. You're working on mobility while also building some muscle strength. Um, so doing exercises like that. Yep. So. yep. I mean, how many times, I can think of how many times like I've bent down, sorry, I've been how many times I've bent down and had to reach across my body mm-hmm. to grab something to then stand back up. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Nothing happens linearly. Mm-hmm. There's a couple mm-hmm. guys out there that, that actually do some memes or some funny stuff on the internet. But like if life was, you know, only oh, like happening in, yeah, yeah. in the frontal and sagittal plane, like, what would we do? <laughs> yes. Right. You know, like yeah. getting into the, the refrigerator, you know, getting into the, to the washer and dryer and <laughs> yes. stuff like that. It, yeah. it looks ridiculous. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, that, that, that's a really good point. I mean, I think we think of things like, oh, it's really unsafe to do any rotation in that hip flexed, you know, position under load. Well, it is if it's not controlled, mm-hmm. right? It could be unsafe, but so why don't we train that? Why yeah. don't we train it in the, in those different positions? Those are uh, those are super great examples. Cables, bands, you know, uh, free weight, whether it be kettlebell, dumbbell, whatever else. I mean, you could even do this with a barbell. Like, I don't recommend that, but you can. Like, yeah. if you're an advanced athlete or whatever, like it makes sense. Like with lower loads, right? Mm-hmm. You know, at a, at a in a very to your capacity to your capacity and controlled range of motion, like play around. Like don't, don't, uh, don't be afraid of that. So I'm thinking like when you say barbell, the first thing that came um, to my mind is the landmine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. We (laughs) talked about that one the other day. We were talking about building overhead strength. Mm -hmm. The landmine is awesome for this because it is somewhat stable Mm -hmm. and allows you to, to do two things. One, rotate the bar or whatever you've got plugged into that. Again, we talked about the Viking press, Viking press attachment. You get to rotate the bar, the bar around your body, or you can rotate your body around the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it creates another point of contact, so you can create that stability and that tension, that co-contraction yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that we're that we're really looking for. And that is like everything firing on from all angles at all sides to stabilize all the things in there. But so. So you have your stabilizers and then you have your movers that can then move efficiently around that. It's a pretty complex system, but when you think about that landmine, like 
man, what a great, what a cool tool. And you can start moving very slow to doing things that are very dynamic, very very dynamic, dynamic, heavily loaded, um, and, uh, and pretty advanced is what we could consider more advanced type work. Um, you can do it on a very small footprint. It doesn't cost a lot of money. You know, all those things, uh, those are great things. Maybe if we look at just a couple of things before we wrap it up here, and that is those people that are limited or maybe feeling like, you know, they're a little nervous about this because they have issues. You know, I'm one of those guys. Like I have my, my back, like I said before, is a, it's a dumpster fire. So I got to be really careful and really control with this stuff. Where are some places to start to maybe build, like if you're feeling a little tender or a little nervous, like and things to do to, to maybe get closer or get a little further down the line a little faster? What are some of the things that you guys like doing? I mean, I like something that's controlled. You know, there's good and bad um points about this exercise, but a dead bug, um, that kind of movement where you can, you're, you know, you're stable, you're on the floor. So a dead bug, you're lying on your back, Mm -hmm. knees, you know, over the hips, um, hands over the shoulders. And then you can start to add some degree of changing the limb position. So something like that, where you're just slightly changing your limb position, your body has to respond to it is a great way to start to build that awareness and capacity. Um, then you can go into a bird dog, which is a little bit more challenging, right? You're on hands and knees now, but you're still adding a mm-hmm. little bit of changing of the limb position. Then you can build in different loads, different intentions, different uh, bear crawl, other things like that, that add other where the limbs are moving before you really start rotating the trunk. And that helps your body respond to that. Mm-hmm. Initially. It's like the inside out versus the outside in yes. type, of, type, of, type of way of looking at it. Yeah. One of the things I like to do um, to get somebody standing upright would be, I did this with uh, one of our clients today. And, um, it's, it's an anti-rotation type of exercise, but I'll put the barbell across the the rack and I will have her stand with her arms extended out in front of her at maybe like, you know, a 45 degree angle or so and push down into the bar and create stability, um, and, and a co-contraction. But then over time I will have her do that, but then also march in place. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, another one that I like to do, which um, doesn't have as much stability from the bar, uh, is to have them do that with a cable. So at a cable machine, I'll have longer straps and handles and two of them, and I'll have them put their hands in the straps and I'll put the load at a significant, at a significant, um, I guess, load to where they can still pull the weight stack off of itself, but it's not so heavy that it's pulling their, gotcha. their arms out of yeah. the, the movement that I want them to hold in and I'll hold. So there's tension there. Yeah, so yeah. there's tension and I'll have them hold there and then actually move into a, a marching stance yeah. at some point. Yeah, I think that's a great For one. time. I think for the marching, if you can build on that is also like loaded carries or loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah, a so great way to go. Yeah, yeah. So to add, so whether it's marching, um, there's different benefits to marching or um, actually moving locomotion, but um, a carry. Either it might start off with even loads, it might go into asymmetric, it may go to different points mm-hmm. of the body, but that mm-hmm. adds those forces, which again, such yeah. an underrated exercise, yep. oh, yeah. also overrated at the same time. Yes. You know, where do you put in a carry? How often do you do it? Like, at what point is it like challenging your grip more than anything else? Mm-hmm. And like, what am I really getting out of this? And then how am I assessing? You know, I guess, how am I applying it? Like, is it time that I'm in the carry versus distance that I'm in the carry? You know, those kind of things. I think that depends on goals sometimes. If you're testing for some type of a qualification process or, you know, assessment, like obviously you got to train to, 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 to the test, right? But the point of this is I think carries are very, very uh, applicable to this. And if you're not, if you haven't ever added carries into your program, I highly recommend this. Oh, yeah. And obviously how you're doing that, 
matters. Yeah, yeah, the intention matters. Mm-hmm. So whether that's directly at your size, like a suitcase type carry to maybe like a, a waiter's type carry to an overhead type carry, it all impacts that chain at different yep. points in a different way. Uh, double overhead, single overhead, uh, maybe uh, heavier on one side than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's all different ways to kind of, kind of, kind of do this. I just want to step back. So anyway, just that adds an element of rotation and stabilization mm-hmm. because if I am walking, I am rotating. Yes. So I've already automatically I'm rotating and these are something that I do on a regular basis. My, my body's fairly conditioned to it. Um, but now I'm adding load and I'm, I can progressively add that load over time. You know, where do you put the carries in? I generally put them in mid to end of the workout. It's not something I'm doing right at the beginning. I'm keeping the, uh, those things fresh for maybe my heavier lifts or my more dynamic lifts when I need to be, when I need to have full capacity to do those things, to produce as much power, um, uh, sorry, get as much stimulus and produce as much power as necessary to get the training effect that I'm looking for. And then when I have a little bit more you know, I may have a little less left in the tank. I'm not going for my maximal lifts, my my high, higher, you know, RIRs and things like that. I can throw these things in and and and, and make it work for me. Uh, it's not to say you couldn't put it at the beginning of the workout. Just saying, you do you do you. That's generally where I would put it. Um, but one of the other things, like going back to the coach and kind of understanding how to disassociate and feel that rotation, is one of the things is, is like we're talking about expecting a client or somebody to. This is for somebody that may be having a tough time with this, by the way. But we're expecting a client to kind of make the connection between, again, like feet and thoracic spine. Like what's everything in between? Dude, that's hard. Like yeah. sometimes like they're, they, you guys just uh, opened it up. I don't know if it was this one, the last one about the motor morons. Yeah. Like that. They just don't have like any coordination, any uh, relationship, you know, between even like their right and their left side. Like it's, they, there's a lot of work that needs to go into this learning process. And so one of the things you can do is even from like a, um, is whether it's a standing position where they're holding on to like the, 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 uh, the, the post on a, on a squat rack or a rig or something like that, where they're trying to create that tension is just to get your hands on them and grab their hips mm-hmm. and make that mm-hmm. and have them counter into that rotation um, or or rotate into that pressure of your hands that you can control that. They're getting much different feedback because there aren't too many machines out there that actually give you direct feedback to the hips. I mean, we got a million hip extension machines now, right? When you go to the, like the booty, booty machines, every gym's got three of them now. Uh, the point of this is, is like you can get your hands on your client. You can really push and pull on there and get them, even from like a planked position. Mm-hmm. You know? I was just thinking about that, like yeah. the planked rows mm-hmm. and putting my hands on somebody's I was hips. going, yeah, I was going sort mm-hmm. of, you know, progressive, you know, standing is very regressed, right? Everybody does that mostly, most of the time anyway, so you get your hands on them, put them in a plank position and see how that feels, mm-hmm. right? Much different. And you'll see them have to really switch on and you'll, 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 then you can cue them to now what I want you to do is drive, you know, as you're pulling up on that right hip, you know, I, mean, I really want you to drive this foot, that opposite side of foot and hand into the floor and really counter back into that. So they're feeling where that rotation or anti-rotation is coming from. Yeah. And I think that's an easy way to kind of get their attention. You don't have to stay there and do sets and reps of this. Yeah. It's more of like an awareness piece so that they remember. And then if they forget, you can put them right back into it and go, okay, here. It's a great way to maybe start a workout or start a, you know, start into, you know, where you want them to be most aware of their rotation or, or, or anti-rotation. Uh, because again, I can kind of switch things on and bring sort of this mental and physical awareness to, to what it is that you're trying to get out of the day, right. From an intention perspective. Yeah. Also very safe. 
mm-hmm. very safe. It's very low risk. You, the trainer or the coach, has your hands on them. You can feel the discrepancy in one side over the other. So you know how much to give or not give. So there's like a push and pull going on there. Um, you know, get, get permission to put your hands on your client, I would say. But yeah. uh, <laughs> it may look a little funky um, for, you know, it may feel a little funky if you're not used to doing stuff like that. But, you know, our clients around here are like, we're, we've got hands on them kind of all the time in one oh, way yeah. or another. They, they get it. It's part of the part of the program. So that's that's one way to one way to do it. Yeah, I think just building on that, like adding some sort of perturbation, um, so some sort of dynamic movement, they're stabilizing, whether it's you adding that movement um, or you can do it some on, on, this is where like the unstable surface and other things can come in or um, mm-hmm. can come into play with that, that dynamic control. So yeah, when you say perturbation, it's adding an outside element of destabilization, mm-hmm. right? So they're not necessarily standing on a stable floor. Yeah. Um, I hesitate with this one, but we'll use it like whether it's a Dynadisc or like a BOSU or something like that. That could be an element of that. It that ha- or it, just, they could be on a stable floor as well. Yeah. Yeah. That so might be unstable that's, for them. That's, it could be the unstable surface yeah. or some other outside unstable element that, mm-hmm. that, you know, like we look at the bands, you go like into the Paloff press as an example, like the, the Paloff press where you got what we've, we call it like the chaos, you know, chaos press or yeah. whatever, where I don't know if you've used that one. Oh yeah. 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 And, yeah. I love the chaos press, especially they can add that dynamic themselves. And I love, we've been um, working a lot with like a, a chaos or an earthquake push up. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it's kind of working that plank position. Um, while getting a push-up, while getting dynamic, hip, shoulder, store, core stability, all that. So yeah, yeah. And some pauses as well. Easy, oh, yeah. Easy. I think it's in class tonight, actually. Oh, I think we yes. got them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you'll see that stuff pop up in there. You'll see, you know, I it's it's not something that gets a lot of um a lot of again going back, like a lot of play time on, you know, social media or whatever, if you're going there and kind of looking for inspiration. If you dig into YouTube, there's a ton of stuff there, a ton of really great stuff there. Uh just um, you know. It's not really a. It's not necessarily. Be careful about the type of exercise that you're using. It really doesn't have anything to do with that. It's more. Those are just movement. It's a mm-hmm. movement pattern. There's so many different things you could do. Uh, hopefully, you don't. You're not, you know, nobody's getting overwhelmed by all the stuff that we've talked about. And the big takeaway is one: get some rotation into your workout. Be super aware of it and get it going uh, in there. In there somewhere. And two: understand where you currently are with your level of rotation in terms of your ability right? Or capability of rotation. Like where is your body currently so that you know where to kind of start to stack these things in and to your, and to, to Ryan's point, maybe from the beginning, it's, it's really like, first off, we need to understand how to activate or stabilize this, like in, in, in counter rotation, like what are we doing to kind of switch things on and understand how this thing works, right? Mm -hmm. Then we can start to add a little bit of movement or dynamic movement. And you progress that from things like lying on the floor to half kneeling to standing, to all kinds of different different positions so that you can start to add in different stuff. Easy stuff to do are those wood chops. I mean, that's a great way to kind of just play around with it and kind of feel like you're doing some rotation. And by the way, even if you weren't very good at any of the stuff that we just talked about, like add something in there, Yeah, right? Get, get something in there. Like working, you know, in, again, frontal and sagittal plane all the time, like just with your basic machines, dumbbells, barbells, things like that. Like, it's limited. You're limiting yourself. That transverse plane is super important. Uh, and in some cases, you're probably already working it to some degree. You could just be doing it better. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing it at all, there's a ton of ways, ton of ways to do it. I mean, we put that in all in, there's rotation in every one of our programs. You are going to rotate. If you're working with us as a client, you're rotating, right? Uh, the best coaches I know in all the different levels, they're, they're, 
their athletes, right? Their clients, they're all deliberately rotating. And there's a lot of emphasis put on uh, their client's ability to be able to do that well. And then, um, you know, then have some fun with it too, because life doesn't work in straight lines, right? It doesn't. So let's, let's learn how to, to move through, through space differently. I think it's, I think, and you could have a lot of fun doing this. There's so many cool, cool things that, that come along with it. And because it, going back to the integration piece, you're not just generally doing that just with the spine and pelvis. Like, this extends to all the other limbs. There can be high cost in terms of energy expenditure. You can get a great workout with some cool, you know, with some cool rotation stuff, um, you know, programmed in there. So, and, and it still works the same as everything else, you know, with regard to skill first, right? And then once you build on that skill, let's build a little, maybe build a little muscle around that through some basic movements. Then we build a little strength and capacity, and then we can really work the cool shit, like a little bit more strength, but what really people want to do, I think, is the sexy shit is the power stuff, yeah. right? Which is at the end of all of that in yes. terms of bringing it all together. Yeah. So it stacks the same as any other, you know, any any other movement. It's the same as a snatch or a clean, right? It's just, it's rotation. Yeah. And it, the same way you would build into one of those types of movements, you know, a muscle up or anything else, you have to layer the things on. So be smart about it. You might be big, strong, you know, dude, Right tons of power, you're ripping 600 pounds off the floor, squatting a house, you know, bench pressing, you know, a car or whatever else. If you don't train rotation or you haven't been, I encourage you to start, start slow, Yeah, work your way into it and, uh, and work through the, through, through the skills. You, your, your body will love you for it. And you'll see, you know, if you're, if you care about athletic performance at all, you'll, you'll watch things get a little bit easier for you and you can have way more fun. Mm Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.